What causes a business's downfall? Well, one of the main things, according to our next guest, Claudia Williams, is lack of communication. In this episode, you'll understand why you need to start prioritizing connection within your organization. Episode number 138 starts right now. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Bolitnikoff, and we have an HR expert on the line. In fact, she has her tagline in her business says consulting beyond HR. Name of the business is called the Human Zone. And if you want to check it out, it's humanzonebiz.com, human zone and then biz.com. And her name is Claudia Williams. And she is uh, a practicing attorney, or at one point was a practicing attorney. And uh, of course, she's once an attorney, always an attorney. But she, let me give you a little bit from her bio. So what she did is she noticed that she was consulting with her clients when she was an attorney. What interested her the most was, well, first of all, she found out that she was entrepreneurial and that kept growing within her. But then she was helping them through tough HR type of incidents and things. And I'm not describing it very well. Claudia is going to be much more eloquent than I am. And um, But through these interactions with her clients – she would find that, you know, there was a need and a niche and that's what started everything. And we're going to get you on the podcast now. Claudia, welcome. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Great to have you. So I, uh, not as eloquent as I know you're going to be with describing your bio. So maybe give us a brief of what brought you to the point you're at now. And again, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Well, you know, look, I, so I am a, re, I call myself a recovering attorney. Um, I am no longer actively practicing law. And, and really, I just, I decided I didn't want to argue for a living anymore. What happened was over the course of my career, I found myself involved in a lot of coaching and counseling situations and working with leaders one on one and coaching them through difficult and challenging situations helping them with talking points and coaching them on really challenging uh, situations that, that would come up on a really regular basis. And so by the time something would come to me, it was most of the time a, a situation had blown up, right? And, and I would have to go back and recreate a timeline and, and piece something together to try to understand what happened. And when I'm putting these timelines together, I could, I could see, oh, here was a communication breakdown here we have an accountability problem. Uh, gee, you know what? Here was here was a leadership a leadership myth. Not because leaders weren't trying, but leaders get so busy and they're so wrapped up in the day to day running of the business that you know they're just they're plowing through so much. If only they had someone working with them more steadily, and you know, just I saw these missed opportunities, and I felt this real drive to say gosh, you know, I could be that person. I could be that person on the outside who is actively helping leaders and working with leaders and 
being kind of that person, their, their right-hand person to say, hey, here are the things you need to have on your radar. Here are some things you could be bringing to your team. Here are ways you can be building connectivity and engagement and keeping people connected and together, doing all the things you need to do so that people feel great coming to work every day, so that people are sharing information, so that people are collaborating and people feel, feel really good about what they're doing every day. And we can reduce the issues that I saw that so that things don't blow up and don't turn into lawsuits. And, and so that's where I, that's what really prompted me to make this switch. So that's what led me to form the human zone. And I kind of threw the HR spaghetti on the wall and I said, I know I can do, you know, kind of this big, broad world of HR because of my, my labor and employment law background. And so I've spent the last five years really narrowing the focus of my work. And now it's in these, what I consider three buckets of general HR consulting. So yes, I can be that person that folks call and say, Claudia, we need, you know, we need some help. Here are the, here are the things that came up over the last week. We've got, you know, employees doing this, employees doing that. And I can talk them through how to problem solve the things that are popping up. And I'm a business and executive coach, so I work one-on-one with CEOs and executives, helping them become the best leaders they can be so that they can help develop the best team that they can possibly have. And I'm also a Vistage chair, and Vistage is one of the oldest peer executive, peer advisory board groups in the world. And so every month I bring together non-competitive groups of CEOs business owners and executives and help them process issues together in a non-competitive setting so that they can make better decisions and be better leaders and grow their businesses and lead better lives. And so that's who I am today. And I feel really fulfilled and really lucky to be doing what I'm doing. What are some common themes that, and again, I know you touch a lot of different businesses, a lot of different industries, probably even the Businesses range in size from probably just a few folks to a lot of folks. So I know that it's tough to do a one-size-fits-all answer to this, but just maybe do you have a few common themes that you see pop up that maybe could be some action items for our listeners, maybe some things to look out for? Again, like you said, to head off problems before they get to the point where they're almost irretrievable. Yeah, the problem. It's really interesting because no matter the size of the organization, the issues tend to boil down to a few key things. And, you know, the, the, the buzzwords of employee engagement, I mean, it's a big, broad theme. But generally speaking, every time I walk into an organization, one of the biggest concerns that employees raise, communication. And that in and of itself, is a big word with a lot of different meanings. And so when I try to really pinpoint, well, what does communication mean to you? They just, there's this feeling of disconnect. And so no matter how many laptops or phones or iPads, no matter how much device connectivity we feel we have, we're just really disconnected on a human level to people. And it's hurting our businesses and it's hurting how we work together and it's creating 
actually more competitive work environments. And so if companies could get back to basics and teach people how to really connect on on more human levels at work, it can dramatically what comfort what matters most to the business leaders, which you know, I understand results, right? We need results because we need uh, to drive revenues, we need to drive profits. But if we could start with the basics, that will that will give business the outcome that business needs. And so these little things like leaders walk around, say hello to people. And if you're working in a virtual world, call people, get on Zoom or Teams videos, use video to make connections. So any little ways we can make connections with people go a really, really long way. And so we need to start there and drive connection. And the connection will drive collaboration. The collaboration will drive innovation. All of the and all of these things are what will drive engagement. And if you have the engagement, then you've got a group of people who want to do more than just what the four corners of their job description want them to do. And that's when you've got a company that doesn't have a revolving door. And that's when you have a company that has great reviews on Glassdoor.com or great reviews on Indeed. And that's where people don't want to leave the job two years after they show up. And so it's, it's, it creates this really virtuous cycle for companies instead of this just vicious cycle of turnover. And so that's what it really boils down to. And that's what I see time and again. It's about creating a phenomenal culture. And I know that this question right here is pretty tough to create a great culture in just a couple minutes here. But maybe just a few things that they should watch out for, pay attention to, uh, or even like how to start creating a great culture of communication and listening and knowing that the organization cares about them, like anything you'd like to weigh in right now as you're speaking to business owners and CEOs and people highly placed in organizations, what would you like to say to them right now? You just have to own what you aren't good at. And so if, you, if you're in a position where you have to make a culture shift and you have to be able to go to people and say, you know what, we know we haven't been so good at this right now you know, or up until this point. And we want you to know that we are committed to changing this. Your feedback matters to us. Here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. And so you have to make this public. You have to own the past. You have to share the plan for the future, involve people in that plan, and then stay true to it. So get feedback from people as you're moving forward. Own what you aren't good at. And go on a very public journey to change the culture going forward. Now, on a personal note, how hard was it for you to make that switch? Uh, Attorney, when you become an attorney, obviously a lot of schooling. And I think at one point in your bio, it said you were a Pennsylvania super lawyer. You're very accomplished. But you made the switch to being an entrepreneur. You felt the itch. You had to do it. You had to move on. And I liked what you said at the beginning that you just didn't want to argue for a living anymore. But <laughs> how hard was it to morph your career? And what did you have to bring to the table to do all that? Because it really, not that you're not using those skills now, you certainly are, but to, com- mm-hmm. to completely go into something different, 
uh, it takes courage and it takes a certain mindset. So maybe for those that are considering a similar change of their own, maybe you could offer some advice to them. Sure. I think I was kind of, the timing was perfect and imperfect for me all at the same time. So I do want to make really clear that financially, I knew I could go back to being a lawyer the very next day if I needed to. So I, I, when I made the decision to flip the switch, I was associate, uh, associate general counsel at the Hershey company. So I was giving up a very generous compensation package and that was not an easy decision to make for my family. I, I was married, still married to a great guy. And he is, he, I, he's very risk averse. I consider myself to be a calculated risk taker. So when I looked at this decision, I thought, okay, I know I could go back to my private practice law firm where I had been working before I went to work at Hershey. I worked with great people. I, I had built up over the course of 13 years a really tremendous network. And I kind of thought, I know I'll have at least one or two clients when I kick this off. I, I felt like across all of my lawyer contacts around my community, my, you know, the central Pennsylvania community and more broadly regionally and even across the country, I had a really big network. So I thought, okay, I'm pretty sure I'll have at least a couple of clients. I had two little kids. My daughters were seven and nine at the time. And I was traveling the globe for my job, and it was exhausting. I had learned a ton, but I was, I just wasn't in a good place. So I needed to make a decision that I thought was going to be best for my family, best short-term financially, and best for me emotionally. And so it was just everything was kind of pointing me in this direction, like a huge flashing neon sign. So... So when I said to my husband, I, I think this is what I really need to do. He said, okay, well, let's make a three-year plan and let's see how much we want to have in savings. And I kind of just nodded my head and looked in and said, okay, yep, okay, yep. That sounds exactly like my husband, the planner. And I called him two weeks later and said, the three-year plan is a three-month plan because I gave my notice <laughs> and I'm doing this thing. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Leaping with and both feet. I love it. Just, and I, and I told him, I said, look, I, think I can practice law. I'm always going to be able to practice law. It'll be there. But I'm doing this thing. I need about 700 bucks to make a website. And I just need to find one or two clients to kick this off. And I think I can do it. So let's give it six months or a year. And if it isn't working, um, I know I'm not going to bankrupt us in a year. So let's, let's give it a year and see what happens. And, and it just, it worked. It took off. What a great story. Yeah. And that was, you know, we look, don't get me wrong. There were times when it wasn't always, you know, there were months where I was like, oh my gosh, am I even going to have a client this month? And, and it's a roller coaster, but five years into it, I'm, I can say confidently, I will never be someone's employee again, absent something totally extreme happening. Yeah, it's got to be nice to have a uh, control over your schedule. And that's a common theme that I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs, that they work hard, but they feel like they direct their schedule. And, you know, you can be there for certain life events and things that you may not be able to do. As, if, as you had just said, if you're traveling the globe for a, a company, and it, it sounded like it was a great gig and that you had a lot of fun with it, but that uh, 
at a certain point, being able to control your own schedule is one of the appeals of it being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I, I, and I still travel and I still work a ton, but I can, I have the ability to say no if I need to. I have the ability to, uh, when my kids were younger, I had the ability to chaperone a field trip or, you know, I, I just, I have, I have control and that matters to me. And, um, but at the same time, I, I have two daughters. They see me doing something. They see me building something. They see me creating something. And that matters to me, too. And I love what I'm doing, and I'm really, really happy. Well, let's go to our resource question. And, of course, we're going to have a link to humanzone biz.com and of course there's a blog on there and there's a video of you and all sorts of other good stuff and people can get connected to that and so tell me about other resources you might recommend our listeners plug into from your perspective you know maybe something you feel might inspire them or educate them or whatever so i'm a huge fan of podcasts no surprise <laughs> um i i'm a huge fan of I can't soak up enough books. So I, it, and so, and it really depends. Like I, I try to soak up. Vivek Murthy is one of my favorites. So he's former U.S. Surgeon General. And because, because I believe so much in the power of connection and bringing that to work, he actually inspired me a couple of years ago. And, and one of the concepts and, and some of the workplace training that I do he wrote an article um, in Harvard Business Review in, in ACR back in 2017, Work and the Loneliness Epidemic. And he just recently published a book called Together. So I highly recommend um, pulling his HBR article and reading the book Together, The Healing Power of Human Connection in a Sometimes Lonely World. I think it is timeless and super relevant. So I just can't recommend that enough. There's also a website. Um, called readitfor.me. If you're not, you know, if you're just not going to read a whole book, if you go to readitfor.me, it's summaries of books. So you don't, you don't have to read the whole book. It's sort of like if, if you're my age and I'm dating myself a little bit, but it's like the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, I was just of, thinking because I'm 52, so I remember that. Uh, remember that yeah. very well, Cliff Notes. That, that got me through it's, a lot of high school yeah. classes. <laughs> it. Yes, it, it got me through, you know, it was like I, I maybe I didn't get the A plus, but I definitely got the, you know, the B plus on that test. It saved me a lot of times in high school. So it's the Cliff Note, the, the Cliff Note version. So you don't have to read the whole book, but you can get a great concept and take it and apply it. So read it for dot me. Super great tool. So that kind of, that's like my current cheat sheet. Read it for dot me. Well, that's great. Uh, you know, I never even knew about that. Well, that's what, yeah, I, I learned something new or several things new every time I do one of these podcasts. And to this week, of course, is no exception. All right, let's give you the floor for the last question, which, of course, is your question. And I am going to hand the mic over to you and allow you to address the audience with whatever you'd like to talk to them about. So, Claudia, the floor is yours. Well, my question that I like to ask everyone is if you could change one thing about your workplace, what would it be and why? And so that's, I am 
always so curious. If you change one thing about where you're working, what would it be and why? And then I follow it up with, well, what are you doing about that? So if that's on your mind, what steps are you taking to make that change? And what role do you play in making that change? That's what I would love to know. You know, that is a very positive note to end the podcast on. And I'm going to give the website one more time, humanzonebiz.com, human and then zone and then biz.com. Of course, that's going to be in your links as well. So people can find that in your show notes section. But Claudia Williams, I really appreciate you spending time with us this week and enlightening us on the world of HR and the fact that uh, there doesn't have to be problems as long as you're proactive. Thank you again for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Really appreciate it. She's a strong leader in her community and organization. Our next guest, Juliana O'Rourke, naturally embodies Athena principles such as learn constantly, live authentically, and much more. In her episode, you'll learn how to reach new levels of success and fulfillment. Juliana right now talks about the importance of learning constantly. I am always trying to learn new things. I'm always trying to learn from new people. I have no problem asking questions. I've always thought that if you know somebody feels like your question is a dumb question, maybe they're not the right person to talk to because I've always expressed to my team and anybody that I've worked with, I would rather you ask me questions than pretend you know and be wrong. So that is something that I've always, always pushed on anybody that I kind of come in contact with that I have any type of business relationship with is, you know, continue learning, even if it's on your own, even if it's doing your own thing. I would say there's been so many nights where I've just read articles or books or listened to podcasts that, you know, are relative to my field and my industry, but they're not things I've been required to do. But knowing, you know, where I wanted to end up in my career, it was important to me. We're always learning constantly on this podcast, too. And what we have learned is we really need your help to grow. Two simple things you can do. Rate and review the podcast, plus share the episodes you find relevant. If you can do one of the two things, it would help us immensely. Both would be amazing. Regardless, we appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week.